Hello and welcome back to episode two of Beating the Bookies. Um, I'm your host, Joey Belial. Uh, Big Joe, as they call me, talking through some of the games this week, uh, recapping NFL last week, and going through some of the other stuff. Um, you know, just in general, this week of college football, not a lot I like on the board. A um, couple of different reasons why. One, some of the bigger names, the spreads are just, uh, they're, they're huge. Um, most notably, you can see uh, Michigan being 23-point favorites, Cincy 28 points, Oklahoma 38, um, and those are bound to go up. Out of those, the one I'd take is Oklahoma just because Kansas is so bad. But when you're betting numbers that big, you're you're really hitting, you know, how good are the second string players going to do against this team? And it, there's just not a lot of value there. Um, no reason to push. Um, there is There are two games I do like tonight. Um, SMU minus 13 and a half, um, tonight being the Thursday night slate. But SMU minus 13 and a half. Tulane just has been getting killed. Um, and it's not like the, oh, they were in the game killed. You know, Houston dropped them by uh, 18. ECU dropped them by almost 30. Um, and Ole Miss killed them. It, that was a 40-point game. Um, SMU, uh, sneaky underrated team. Taylor Mordecai is a good quarterback. Um, you know, the reason why this line is here is, I think, because of the Navy game last week. SMU kind of let uh, SMU just let them hang around too often. But even then, you know, it's one of those games where SMU didn't cover. But if you look at it, they kneeled the game out on the six with a minute forty-five left. Um, for all intents and purposes, they would have covered that two-touchdown spread that they had in the Navy game. Um, just so happens that time management was against us and we lost two minutes of clock. Um, just going through some of the college games here. Uh, I do like Purdue plus three and a half. Uh, Wisconsin just, they, they don't do it for me. Um, it's a bad team. It's really a bad quarterback team. They really struggle with turnovers. And... At home, Purdue getting that field goal insurance I think is big. It promises to be another low-scoring Big Ten game. Um, and that's right up. You always take those dogs in those games just because three and a half points on a game where 40 is the total, that's a large portion of the total there. You're getting a lot of value with that Purdue line there. Um, coming down the block, not a lot I like in a lot of the games. Um I do think Ole Miss rolls against LSU. Um, LSU just hasn't impressed me hardly at all. Uh, their big win being beating uh, Florida. But, you know, their defense is terrible. Anthony Richardson had an 80% touchdown rate against them. Um, LSU got killed by Kentucky. They got beat pretty soundly by Auburn. And then they have beat Mississippi State and Central Michigan. Not a team that I view as very threatening. Whereas Ole Miss has won shootouts. Um, you know, they did get throttled by Alabama, but um, Saban does that to every assistant, not named Jimbo Fisher, one time. Um, just, it's a tough game to bet. I know it is the game of the week. Um, if you're into it, I do like um, a sneaky little thing that I do kind of like. 
Um, Oklahoma State plus seven. Iowa State at home, uh, you know, not great, but it's just that's a tough game as well. There's not a lot that I love about Oklahoma State. They did beat Texas, but, you know, I am a Texas fan, and everybody beats us now. So it's tough. I lean Oklahoma State, but on the road in Ames is a very tough spot to play. Going to need to do a little bit more research into that game come around game time to see who Oklahoma State's playing. They did get a little banged up in the secondary. Um, Iowa State obviously was a contender during the COVID year, and now that everyone's kind of come back from that, they're not nearly as good. Uh, Should be an interesting one. Um, Not sure I really see a lot of value. Um, The one game that I do like in terms of value is Tennessee plus 25. Um, It's a running football team. Tennessee's not nearly as bad as that record indicates. I know they're four and three. Um, I know Alabama's going to beat them. That's not really the question I have here, but Tennessee's been scoring about 40 points a game. Um, This is not the belabored Tennessee offense that we know in the past from the Butch Jones era. Like, Hypo really has this offense in a nice spot. Um, They lost by five to Ole Miss, which. And then the whole beer can, throwing golf balls and mustard fiasco. But they do tend to score. Um, The Florida score is misleading when they only scored 14. That was uh, Hooker's first game coming in. Um, Got a little, I don't want to say afraid, but got a little afraid. Um, Wasn't feeling it. But, you know, Alabama to me is really kind of one of those teams that's front-running. You know, they, they have a great offense when it can really settle in. Um, Robinson and Young are both good players. They obviously have Williams and Mechie. Um, their uh, their tight end, who I can just literally never remain na- remember the name of. He's some nameless tight end that's always good at Alabama. Um, but I do like Tennessee to keep this game a little close. It just feels like Alabama is a little vulnerable. I know they went and slaughtered Mississippi State last week, but it does feel to me that Tennessee has a shot here going on the road and getting 25 points. Um, I could easily see them losing this game by 14 and it never being super close, but 25 points in the SEC, that's a lot, a lot of points to be given up against um, a, a great running game that Tennessee has. I think no matter how you view it, 25 is a big number just because Alabama and Tennessee both like to run the football. That's a lot of clock that's just going to be chewed by their overall play calling. Not a lot of incomplete passes, a lot of running. Um, strikes me as an e. Not, I don't want to say an easy cover, but it does strike me as a very attainable cover for Tennessee to get here on a college football board where I'm just not seeing a lot of value in terms of spreads. We might be able to get some point totals in there. Um, But that's really going to depend on who's playing um, and who's healthy at game time. Um, I do like Boston College plus six against Louisville. Um, Louisville is a sneaky good team. um, But this Boston College team is also slept on in in the greater diaspora of sports. NC State, who has put together a very solid resume, thumped them. But... Boston College has a good quarterback, and when you have a good quarterback, you're in a lot of games. 
Um, his, Grossel, I believe, is how I'm going to pronounce that name. But um, this is a kid who he did have a couple of interception issues early, but he's kind of turned that around. Um, you know, Boston College runs that nice pro-style offense. They're going to score probably about 30 points, and their defense is tough this year. They're giving up less than 20 points a game. Now, I know when you compare that against Georgia, who's giving up six, you're sitting there, well, that's not very good. But, you know, for an ACC school, less than 20 points is is, is very, very solid. Um, Mizzou obviously scored a lot. Clemson only scored 19. NC State putting up that 33, but that game got away late. Um and then on the flip side of things, Louisville's just been in a little bit of a rut. They lost to Wake. Um, then they went and lost to UVA. Uh, they did get a bye week last week, so that is in their favor. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think that the value is going to be on Boston College plus six. Um, Malik Hooker or Malik Cunningham, excuse me, is one of my favorite players to watch in NCAA. I could flip on this game depending on um, how I see BC coming out at warmups. Um, Louisville off of a bye is is intriguing. Um, but as of right now, looking at it, BC plus six, it makes a lot of sense to me. However, like I've always stated in this podcast, guys, um, especially with COVID, especially with recent college football and professional football, wait until game time. Get into it a little bit later. But um, capitalizing on line movement, um, has not been as big of a focus for me recently as it has been making sure the players I'm betting on are playing. Um, di- didn't used to be that way, but we adapt. We adapt as new things come up. Um, <laughs> no point uh, in betting something and expecting a certain trend and, and then that player not being able to play due to COVID or due to injury. Um, but yeah, I, that that would be my smallest play on the board would be that Boston College plus six. The one that I really do like, the two my two biggest plays, um, University of San Antonio, University of Texas San Antonio, excuse me, minus six, always called them UTSA, being from around here. Um, this is quietly a very good team. Um, they just got ranked. I've got it at minus six. It's probably going to jump to six and a half, seven. Um, but this is a team that scores almost 40 points a game and gives up uh, less than 20. Um, they thumped Rice, and that's what you're supposed to do to do Rice. So can't really complain there, but they go ahead and beat Western Kentucky. Um, they beat UNLV by a touchdown, beat Memphis by a field goal. Um, and MTSU, which isn't a slouch team, they beat them by two touchdowns. On the other side, Law Tech, Louisiana Tech, um, they're just not good, man. Uh, not a lot jumps off the page at you. They, their defense just gives up. 450 yards a game and 150 of that is on the ground and that's where UTSA loves to work they average 180 yards a game uh, on the ground and they don't give up a lot of rushing yards Um, only giving up 80 yards per game on the season La Tech that's where they like to do a lot of their work on offense Um, they're trying to run the ball a lot now their running backs don't necessarily have a great average um, but they do run Um, they run kind of that hybrid spread um, and they they really put an emphasis on uh, running the football, and that in UTSA just isn't going to let them do it. UTSA remains one of those teams that's just constantly underrated. They're six and one against the spread this year. They are on the road going to Louisiana Tech, but um, this is a team that's played well on the road. They beat Western Kentucky on the road. They beat Memphis in Memphis. Um, it's 
it's a team that I've really enjoyed watching. It's a team that has um, a significant amount of talent throughout the roster. Um, and, you know, their quarterback has 1,600 yards on the season. Um, it, it's a lot of yards. It's a lot of yards for a good team. Um, that would be one of my bigger plays in college football. UTSA minus six. Um, and then the next one uh, is going to be NC State minus three. I actually did lock this one in a little bit earlier in the week after my buddy and I were talking about it. Um, Miami's just not good. Um, not a lot to love about Miami. They're at home, but does that really matter for Miami a lot of the time? Um, he is a Miami fan, so he always talks about how the, I believe they play in the Hard Rock now is cursed. Um, and Manny Diaz just has some some blatant issues to talk about. Um, you know, they lose to UNC, they lose to UVA, they do end up killing CCSU, but then they lose to Michigan State. They barely beat App. Um, and the other side of things, NC State, they've done exactly what they've needed to do. They beat Clemson. Uh, they beat uh, Louisiana Tech. They beat Boston College. Well, they thumped Boston College, I should say. Um, biggest thing here for me is NC State's defense. Only giving up 14 yards a game, less than 300 yards. Do not allow a lot of work on the ground. And with with NC State's defense only giving up less than 100 yards uh, per game, that means that Miami, who with their backup quarterback have, have really steadily been relying on that on that running game, they're not going to have that option. Miami's also a team that gives up 150 on the ground, um, and NC State loves to run that football. So matchup nightmare here. Um, I think NC State rolls pretty easily. Wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those games that just got out, out of hand. Um, you know, team comes in that's more physical, more up front on the defense. Pile drives Miami early, and they just never have a chance getting back into the game. Um, so recapping that, as of right now, how I see it, um, biggest plays, UTSA, NC State, I like them to cover, minus six and minus three respectively. Um, smallest play on the board, probably Boston College plus six. Um, and then I do like in the medium zone, Purdue plus three and a half, Tennessee plus 25. And I'm going to go ahead and add that Oklahoma State game in um, as a smaller play. But, uh, you know, these are all going to be predicated on whether or not players are playing. So to get the most up-to-date news on how we're betting over here at the Electric Factory Sports uh, team, just go ahead and go ahead and give us a follow at, at Parmesan Picks. Um, that's where you're going to get the most up-to-date info on how we're betting, what we're looking at. All plays, obviously, documented and written out. Um, but, you know, as of right now, on in the last just under two months, we're up 72 units, one unit being 1% of your bankroll. So um, definitely know what we're doing. All plays documented. You can go ahead and follow us, um, and we'll give you exact insight on what we're seeing on each play. Uh, let's go ahead and kick it over to the NFL because that's that's what y'all want to talk about. Um, that's where we make our bones over here. But uh, just to recap, last week we had five plays. Um, in total, we went, let me see here, 7, 11, um, just up over eight units. Um, Bengals minus 3.5, 1. Chargers plus 2.5. That was an ugly loss, so I am sorry about that pick. But sometimes on losses you just like seeing them lose in the first quarter rather than a drag out there on especially on some of those backdoor covers that the uh, soul breakers um cardinals plus three 
Should have went bigger on that. Should have trusted my gut, but can't be too upset there. And then obviously Cowboys had that miracle cover in overtime, but that's how this industry works. Maybe sometimes great teams win or good teams win, excuse me, great teams cover. Um, ended up not betting the Panthers. Uh, what I've been harping on, uh, Christian McCaffrey Friday night went on to the injured reserve um, and Shaq Thompson got ruled out before game time. Um, without their two, without their best offensive weapon and and most impactful defensive player, I'd say, um, did not see a lot of value in the Panthers. That they did still push them to overtime, but at that plus two number, you know, in games decide you don't have any sort of field goal insurance, um, anything like that. So, it wasn't anything I saw worth betting on there. And and get, thank goodness I was right there. Um, saved us some units. Um, Let's go ahead and talk through some of the games I do like. Um, I like tonight, Thursday. I like the Browns. I like them just to win on the money line, minus 120. That is one of my picks that I've put out um, today for three units. Um, part my Mostly my rationale based on the defense there. It's Thursday night. That means you're going to get a tough, ugly defensive game, um, slogging the ball on the ground. And the Browns, even with all their offensive energy and injuries, um, Case Keenum, still a very workable backup. Um, he's been there. Uh, Dig sideline touchdown rings a bell. Um, and you got to trust in me. I'm, I'm trusting that Browns defense. Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward. Um, they've got some players over there, and it's now got to be in a point of emphasis where their season really rests on the defensive side. They're going to have to get some low-scoring affairs to keep them in games. Um, and I think this team rises to the challenge. Not a lot to look at on the Broncos' side. Teddy Bridgewater is exactly who we thought he was. He is a front-running quarterback. You give him a lead, he won't turn the ball over. Um, Bada-bing, bada-boom, you'll win some games with him. But if you do need him to play clutch in a tight game, based off of last year in Carolina and some of the games this year that he's already played, he folds. Um, It's just that simple. He folds. Um... Broncos started off 3-0. Now they're all the way down at 0-3. Um, just not not something that I'm willing to bet. I would have bet the Broncos plus 5. Um, but, you know, that line got beat down real quick. I do like Cleveland just to win straight up. Um, the Broncos' last three losses, especially the Pittsburgh loss, don't inspire a lot of confidence in me. Um, the Browns, uh, Pittsburgh has one of the best fronts. The Browns front is ju- is very lethal as well. Um, Browns are getting devalued here just because they lost a shootout to L.A. and um, went and got thumped by the Cards, but everyone, the Cardinals thump everyone. So I, I think Cleveland on the money line, just a, a nice little 120 is, is a play that I do really like. Talking Sunday, um, a lot of big lines. A lot, a lot, a lot of big lines. Um, one of the plays I had, Titans plus five. I still like them plus four and a half. The Chiefs let everybody score on them. Um, Chiefs defense, I think I mentioned this last podcast, but Chiefs defense statistically is making everybody look like the greatest show on turf. Um, if you're going to do that and you're going to require Patrick Mahomes to will you back into games... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the other side, get that field goal insurance, uh, that inverse field goal insurance, I should say. Um, And I'm going to rely on King Henry to grind out the clock to abuse their defense uh, and and go ahead and get a Titans cover. Um, 
moving through, I do still like Carolina minus three. Shaq Thompson should be back this week. Stephon Gilmore's back uh, coming into that lineup brand new, and they're going to get all those new uh, Henderson, um, going to get all those cornerbacks back, which to me the Panthers are going to be undervalued for the next couple weeks. Yes, it hasn't been great for Sam Darnold, but now he's going to have that defense. He's going to be able to rely on that defense, get him into games, um, not play hero bar. Panthers minus three, one of my favorite bets. Um, I like them. I like how their offense is working. I trust their coaching staff way more than I trust Joe Brady or Joe Judge, excuse me, and the Giants. Joe Brady and Matt Rule are significantly better coaches. Um, look, it might be an ugly win, but I think it's a win. Um, moving down the list, uh, I do like the Raiders minus three. At home, Derek Carr's been playing well. Uh, and the interim head coach, which, forgive me, I don't know his name, but he's been described as a foxhole guy, um, you know, a guy you'd like with you in a war zone. And, and after last week, I'm going to side with him. Um, this Eagles offense, it's, it's high school, college, throw the ball 50 times. It looks ugly. Jalen Hurts, of course, is you know, he gets a lot of fantasy points if you're into that. But in terms of just like an eye test looking at him, there's nothing to write home about. Um, it's a lot of pitch and catch. They didn't run the ball. The game plan against the Bucks just absolutely shot them in the foot. Uh, Raiders, on the other hand, Derek Carr is a fantastic deep ball. Um, and on top of that, the... The Eagles just dealt away Zach Ertz, who was one of the big focal points of their offense. Um, just not a lot I like from this Eagles team going on the road, West Coast, uh, Raiders at home in one of the afternoon slots next week. I do like them. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the sneaky games, it's a massive spread, but I do kind of like it. The Rams minus 16. Um, you got to think in the return uh, revenge type of game for Stafford. They're in L.A. Um, you know, if he was going back to Detroit, I might have a little bit of a different view, but they're in L.A. Um, this offense just looks ungodly good. That Lions secondary is atrocious, to say the least. Um, Jared Goff is on the outs with Matt Campbell right now, talking about how he needs to see some fire from him. If your head coach is ever saying that you don't care about winning football games, you are up shit creek without a paddle. Um, nothing to like about the Lions, a lot to like about the Rams. If you're in any survivor pools, that's my pick this week. Um, going to ride with the Rams there. Uh, not a lot I like in the Cardinals game. That's just a really big number for a team that's pretty banged up. Um, in the NFL, 17 points is a lot. Uh, but yeah, Bucks minus 12. Not something I'm super enthralled with, but uh, yeah, just don't love it. Uh, the Bucks are so good, though, offensively. I do like the over there in that game. Over being 47, that's low for the Bucks. Um, you know, their cornerback situation, just secondary in general, is not great. Um, again, one of those games you're going to have to wait on. I'm not sure about their linebacking situation. I believe it was Devin White that was ruled out right before game time. Bruce Arians, consummate professional, is playing that close to the vest. Not something to really uh, anal overanalyze right here. 
Uh, one thing you can say is that the Bucks are so good that last week they showcased O.J. Howard just so teams could make trade offers for him. Offense is great. It's clicking. Not a lot in terms of the spread there, but I do like the Bucks just to win um, if you've already used the Rams as like a survivor pool style of pick. Only two games left on the slate here. Uh, just looking through them. I do like the Colts plus four. Walk you through why. Um, you know, Trey Lance is the best quarterback on that Niners roster. I think that's become very apparent. Uh, but I don't know if he's playing. He does has no touch. Jimmy G is not a winner. Um, and Wentz and the Colts have quietly played themselves into a spot where they're playing some really good football. Um, I know the double ankle sprain turned everyone off real early. But when you look at it, he's playing some nice quality ball, throwing the ball away. Uh, and when you have guys like Jonathan Taylor on one side of the ball and Darius Leonard on the other, that makes up for a plethora of mistakes. Uh, they just reactivated T.Y. Hilton. Not sure if he's going to play, but in the late game, it seems like a nice spot for him to kind of reemerge. Um, I do, Quiddy Pay is questionable, should play. Uh, Leonard is always questionable, but he always plays. Um, Kinlaw being questionable, I think, is a big thing. Trent Williams is also questionable for the Niners. Um, and both of their quarterbacks are questionable. I just think it's one of those games where the Colts are going to go in on the road, run the ball, play sound fundamental football, and escape with about a two- or three-point victory. Um, quietly, their defense is giving up uh, only 100 yards on the ground per game, and they've played some great running teams, most notably Baltimore and Tennessee and the Rams. Um, and the Niners have lost three straight. Uh, they've, they lost to Seattle, which is tough. Um, now, they, they don't score that much. They only average 23 points a game. Um, and two of those times that they've gone over that number was against Green Bay in one of those shootouts and against Detroit. Just not a lot on this team to love. I think getting that inverse field goal protection, what I mean by that is, you know, if the Niners score a touchdown and the Colts kick a field goal, you're still protected on the spread there. Um, getting that inverse spread protection from them is going to be big news. Um, I like the Colts to cover um, late there on that Sunday night game. And then the last game, St. Seahawks. I mean, my goodness, there's a lot this way this the game could go. But um, I did, smallest play of the week, but Seahawks at home plus four and a half. I like it. reason I like it, Jameis Winston, I don't think is very good. <laughs> uh <laughs> Geno Smith looks serviceable. Does he look fantastic? Absolutely not, but he looks serviceable. The Seahawks, they know exactly who they are. They're going to play, run the football, hold the clock in a tight game, and four and a half again. I do like that spread. Um, it, to me, is the second most important spread, or third, excuse me, obviously three and six, uh, or three and seven, depending on who you ask. Those are big numbers, but four and a half gives you that that nice protection um, there on that inverse field goal. And, you know, we got to look at it. The, the, the Saints are very, very injured. Um, Quan Alexander being the notable IR guy uh, this week. Um, Taysom Hill is still questionable. Now, now the Seahawks are not without their own injuries. Don't get me wrong. But um, I do think that they have a slight edge here. Um, they did end up scoring with Geno Smith. 20 points in overtime against the Steelers. 
Um, it just seems like one of those games where the Seahawks at home with the 12th man are going to be in this game late, and I like having that point protection there. Um, so going through it for me, uh, just so I can reiterate to y'all, I guess, you know, obviously a very famous radio announcer already has the Blazin' 5, so I can't have that, but uh, whatever. My top five games of the week that I'm playing, Browns money line, um, Titans plus four and a half, Panthers minus three, uh, Raiders minus three, and Colts plus four. Uh, obviously, continue uh, listen to this podcast, guys. Really appreciate the listens first week. Um, for all accurate takes of what I'm getting at, what I'm looking at when I, at each game, Sunday morning, Saturday morning, um, all sports, MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, and college, at both levels of football, give me a follow at Parmesan Picks on Twitter. That's where you're going to get my most recent reactions. I'm looking forward to things. So go ahead and give me a follow there. Uh, And, yeah, if you want any more sports knowledge, can't recommend my guys over at EFS enough. Um, That's electricfactorysports.com. Go ahead and take a gander at the site. Look at some of the articles we've written. Listen to our other podcast. Um, And, yeah, we'll see you back next week walking through uh, some of the picks I like there as well.